0: everybody welcome to the merge medical podcast i'm your host dr jeff brown i'm joined today by b Trin law founder and ceo of lumos technologies and kyle faffenbach who is the chief scientific advisor for lumos lumos helps you rest better and wake up stronger welcome guys
1: thanks for having us
2: yeah thanks for having us this is cool
0: i can't wait to get into this one because man this this podcast is targeted towards healthcare professionals, and we all need better sleep.
3: Yeah, no doubt about it. I have, not, a, seen, I have not seen the pitch deck, so it's going to be interesting just to, to learn as we go. Yeah, um, you're going to
0: love this one. Well, that- B, tell us about Lumos.
1: Yeah, for sure. Lumos is a sleep and fatigue management system that consists of a sleep mask and an iPhone app that helps you sleep better, wake up feeling more energetic and have overall health. And we do that, use light therapy to optimize your circadian clock, which is your body's internal clock that regulates when you sleep and when you wake up.
0: Hmm. Interesting. What kind of light is it that it's, you know, what, what is the light wave? I, I, now I've got so many questions.
1: Okay, okay. So before we dive into the product, why don't we talk about the science first? Yeah, then we can it. set a foundation to talk about the product. Excellent. Yeah. So the circadian rhythm is our body's internal clock. It is the foundation for good sleep and a number of other physiological processes, uh, but here we're talking about sleep. So think of sleep as a house. You need a good foundation. If your foundation is wacky, then your house is bad. So if your circadian clock is out of sync, then naturally you're going to get bad sleep no matter what you do. So what our product tried to do is to help you fix the foundation. So naturally your sleep will improve. How do we do that? You asked what kind of light? So going back to my days at Stanford, there is a professor, now he's a director of the Stanford Sleep Center. So his name is Dr. Jamie Zeiser. He spent multiple decades of his academic life investigating how human circadian clock is regulated. And he discovered that instead of using sunlight, you can use very short, very low intensity light flashes to regulate human circadian clock. And that's the technology behind the Lubos mask. So how it works is you will use the mask while you're sleeping. And then we use this light flash technology to help you optimize your circadian clock.
3: So the effect of that light is coming through your eyelid, I assume, and somehow yes. affecting. Interesting.
0: Well, that seems counterintuitive. I'm, I'm just an anesthesiologist, but light wakes me up. Sunlight wakes me up. Why does the light make you sleep better?
1: Uh-huh. So there's a fine line between the light that uh, adjusts your circadian rhythm and then the light that they're so strong to wake you up. I think of the light has two main types of pathway. One is called vision forming. That's how we see the mm-hmm. shape and forms and colors. Mm-hmm. And the other one, uh, the other pathway actually adjusts our circadian rhythm. So these two are different pathways that go through different uh, receptors in the eyes. What we're trying to do is to activate a photosensor receptor that regulates the circadian clock without activate the vision forming Part of the photosensitive receptor and neurological pathway. Mm -hmm. Even though, as a user, you will still see the light if you're waking, if you're awake, you will still see the light. Mm
3: -hmm. But
1: because when you're sleeping, your body doesn't react to stimulation as um, as strong as when you're awake. So you're able. Most people are able to sleep through the light flashes. Mm -hmm. When the light flashes activated, it adjusts your circadian rhythm, you don't realize that you're receiving live flashes.
0: So is this something like you use every single night or do you just use this like when you've gotten off a a plane uh, and have jet lag?
1: We have different modules depending on what you want to do. So if you want to travel, then we have a travel module for you. And if you do night shift, like you mentioned at the beginning, healthcare workers do a lot of night shift. Right. Um, Then we have a night shift module for you because night shift Think of circadian clock disruption as a category of the problem, the wacky foundation for the house of sleep. Night shift is considered the most difficult to solve because uh, most night shift, you have to adjust many hours mm-hmm. in a very short short time. You're mm-hmm. flipping eight hours, nine hours, or 10, 12 hours in one day. There is an ER doctor telling me that doing night shift is like flying to China and come back the next day. It's right. Absolutely, the crown jewel of solving circadian clock disruption.
3: That's Absolutely, wrong. wow. So, Doctor, yeah, B, in, um, Jeff Cole here. Uh, Jeff Brown forgot to introduce me earlier, but I apologize. Um, I do orthopedics, and so forgive me, um, because circ- circadian clock, circadian rhythm—you know—I'm vaguely familiar. Is there is there kind of just a short discussion of that that kind of would help ground me understanding this and? How do you compare that with some days I just feel bad not tell people oh, I think my biorhythms are down. I mean what, what's that even mean? Uh, is that is that a real thing?
2: Can I jump in B? Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah, so so in the in in regards to that, there are so so people have uh, innate daily rhythm and and this is largely genetically. Set so, and and we typically think of this as a morning morning people versus night owls, and that's I'm pretty sure how they refer to it in the literature as well. Is, is morning genotype or morning phenotype versus night owl phenotype? And the idea is that we we our cells beyond just um, you know our our hypothalamus and, and our central nervous system, lots of cells have circadian rhythm and they work roughly on a twenty four hour clock and. Sleep is a really important requirement in that rhythm. And when we wake at different times to have light exposure at different times or, um, yeah, yeah, it can, it can create that sort of foggy feel of sort of being quote unquote off or the, the biorhythms are off. So, yeah, so, so essentially um, most people work on roughly a 24 hour clock. Some it's a little longer, some it's a little shorter, most people have a certain requirement for sleep. There's individuality in that as well. You know, they they give a recommendation of, you know, most adults are recommended to sleep seven to nine hours a night. A lot of them don't even get seven hours. Some people need 10 hours. So there's like a range for all these things that that people sort of need to be aware of as far as their individuality. And what the product does is it helps try and create uh, it it helps push that rhythm in the direction that helps meet the lifestyle demands that the person has. If it's, if it's travel, if it's night shift work, if it's changing bedtime, if it's getting back on schedule after a weekend where your sleep was a little off. So a lot of times on the weekends, people stay up later mm-hmm. and sleep in later. And why people feel a little... Uh, foggy on Monday is not just the lack of motivation to go to work, but it's also this idea that, well, my, my circadian clock is maybe two hours off now. What the mask does is it, it uh, in a very intentional way, uh, provides these light impulses that activate the neurological signals that shift that clock. And what's interesting is there's about a 24 hour delay from when you receive the light flashes from when it kind of kicks in. So if I want to, if I sleep in at eight on the weekends, but I get up at six during the week uh, on Saturday night, I could receive the light flashes wearing the mask Sunday, still wake up at eight, but on Monday I would wake up at six based on the stimulus that I got from the mask.
0: And I suppose this is uh you've got data that supports this, then other than people just waking up saying, I feel better, which is subjective. Is there objective data that that supports
1: these claims? Yes, there are multiple studies. There's several layers to it. So one, the technology behind our product has been tested in multiple human subject studies, clinical studies at Stanford in our scientific advisor, Dr. Jamie Seitz's lab. He was able to show that shoreline flashes does regulate human circadian clock. And as far as our product, we did a clinical study with University of Pittsburgh in their sleep lab. The study was funded by the Department of Defense. So we were able to show that by using the mask, you were able to shift the human circadian clock. Then there is a field study, this was a separate study, also funded by the Department of Defense, on night shift workers. So mostly doctors, nurses, they work night shift. And then we gave them a the mask and have them go through their normal night shift rotations. So they usually do like three on, four off or seven on, seven off. So they go through their normal night shift rotation. Some of the rotations they use a the mask with active light therapy program. Some of the rotations they use a the mask with a sham or a placebo control program. Hmm. And some of the rotations, they just don't use the mask, which we call it the baseline. So we were able to show that using the mask on the what's called shift sleep, meaning that that's the daytime sleep when Mm -hmm. they are on night shift, Mm -hmm. they're able to sleep for longer and have less early awakening. And then on the recovery sleep, which means the nighttime sleep at Mm -hmm. the end, of finishing the whole night shift rotation, they're able to fall asleep faster, stay asleep better, and then rate it overall their higher quality of sleep. And what's more amazing and the DOD care about is during the night shift period, the participants display higher level of alertness throughout the night shift, particularly at the end of the night shift when you're like burning really the last bit of oil at the night. So we're able to show faster reaction time by having objective measurements of their reaction time by a test called psychomotor vigilance test, PVT. They also objectively rated them feeling more alert. That's
3: great. That is really awesome. I have always felt blessed in my ability to sleep, um, mm-hmm. you know, to, to talk about where I fit on that spectrum, Kyle. Um I'm a morning person. I get up probably 4.15 every morning. Um, I don't think I've ever slept more than about seven hours a night and the periods of my life where I slept a lot less than that. Um, I feel like I get great sleep, um, but maybe maybe it's not quality like I think it is. Um, what do you think your product would do for someone like me who doesn't think he has a problem, but do you think I would still possibly benefit?
1: Um. Yes, so the answer is more complex. Let's put it this way. If if we think about sleep as a house, maybe you have a good foundation. Maybe you have a good house, right? You feel good. You sleep, you never sleep for more than seven hours and 15 minutes and then you feel good, you're functional. Maybe that's fine, right? So the criteria of seeing whether you're getting enough sleep that you need is can you wake up without alarm? And then can you function without coffee? If you check both, done. So you have good sleep, that means you have good house of sleep and then you have good foundation, of course. But if you don't have good sleep, the problem may or may not have to do with foundation. Maybe the house foundation is good, but um, there are some other problems. Or maybe the foundation is bad and then now we can help you fix the foundation. So for someone who generally sleep well, when you travel, jet lag is still going to be an issue. It's a what what I would like to think as acute circadian clock disruption, that you're just forced to sleep at a different time in a different location, then regardless how well you sleep, you're going to have to experience this disconnect of your circadian clock with your desired time to sleep. And that's when our product can help you. If you naturally don't get good sleep because of this foundation, circadian rhythm foundation is not good. And to going back to earlier when Jeff asked the question of can people use it every day, other than travel or night shift, it is possible that you experience poor sleep because there is a slight misalignment of your circadian clock with your sleep schedule throughout the night. There are two main forces that regulate our sleep. There is what's called the homeostatic sleep drive. Think of it as a hunger for sleep. The longer you stay up, the stronger you feel sleepy. And then the uh, more intent you're going to the more inclined you're going to sleep. And the other force is a circadian clock. So throughout the night, these two forces work seamlessly to help a person fall asleep, stay asleep, and wake up feeling refreshed. Mm -hmm. But if these two don't work together, have like some synchronization, then you're going to either have a problem falling asleep, or you fall asleep in the middle of the night and you just wake up for no reason. Or you just cannot wake up uh, feeling refreshed. You might hit the snooze button 10 times, sleep in for one or two hours before being able to get up. Mm -hmm. So these are the day-to-day sleep problems due to the foundation of circadian clock being out of this out of synchronization, so that's th- these are the category of problem I like to think of as chronic circadian clock disruption that our product can design to to help these categories. These categories of problem.
2: There's two uh, kind of light modes, or, or, or just for lack of better term, color. So we have a white light that is that that we use to. Alter the circadian rhythm, but then there's a, a warmer, more orangey light that uh, is built into the mask that provides a feature called a sunrise feature, a sunrise module. So, for example, if if you say you wake up daily around 4:15, while well, at around 3:50 uh, or 3:55, about about 20 minutes before that, the the mask will start to glow basically and the idea is that you get a 15 or 20 minute period before you're fully awake to uh, bring yourself out of sleep in that more natural way that that beach uh, windm is talking about and so you can use the mask daily even if you have good sleep rhythm there's also people a lot of people have um, good you know, they have a certain sleep schedule during the week versus the weekend, like we already talked about. And so combining uh, um, a wake up time shift and combining the the sunrise alarm, basically, uh, you can really dial that in to the next sort of level. Now, there are, I would say it's a very, very small part of the population that's in your choose Dr. Cole where you get tired at the same time, you fall asleep quickly, you don't wake up a lot uh, throughout the night. And there's a lot of reasons for that. There's a lot of modern reasons for that, right? Screens and artificial light and and just a lot of different things affect people, stress, racing brains, all these different types of things. And getting that feeling that that Bichouin was talking about where at a similar time each evening that feeling of sleepiness starts to creep in, which motivates you to go get ready for bed and, and go through your bedtime routine and then fall asleep. And then on the other end, that kind of slow drawing up of where you don't wanna be jostled out of bed. You, you wanna wake up slowly and come out of bed, na- or you wanna come out of that sleep naturally. Um, and this can really help dial those things in.
1: If you wake up abruptly, then um, it's likely that you're going to feel pretty dizzy, groggy. And that's what's called the sleep inertia. Mm -hmm. So if you like ease the process from sleep transition to wake, then it's less likely that you're going to have sleep inertia. That's Mm -hmm. why people sometimes if you wake up at the wrong time or if your alarm suddenly pulled you out of sleep, you're going to feel even worse than had you been sleeping for shorter.
3: I definitely feel like my sleep, I feel like I'm blessed. I feel like I'm not the normal. And if, if I'm thinking I'd like to try this, um, and how, how can we segue into target market? And I know you've mentioned healthcare workers, but you know, sleep is one of those holy grail things. Everybody would like to sleep better. So can you touch on that?
1: Exactly. Everybody wants to have a good night's sleep. So- I, like I said we have different modules. The travel module obviously the target population are people who travel. Uh, you think of business traveler a lot of our customers actually are just leisure travelers they just want to be able to enjoy their trip and then uh, for in the subset of the travel, think of professional sports teams. the NBAs they have to travel their are 82 games in a season and they have to fly from west coast to east coast and do lots of road trip and these kind of road trip kyle can speak for uh better on this like how it impacts the performance so we were able to um use the travel module to ease the transition when you fly coast to coast use the mask bam you arrive without jet lag
2: wow Yeah. yeah so the in terms of target populations there's a lot of there so this is this is really interesting because it's such a diverse group that can utilize the mask to whatever it is that they need. So we talked about military personnel. The Department of Defense have funded several studies on this because of their interest in um, you, know, soldier readiness and optimizing sleep and being able to put people in different places all around the world and have them functioning optimally when they arrive. We talked about leisure travelers that maybe only have four days in a place but they want to make the most of those days and so they they kind of want to quote unquote hit the ground running there's a lot of international business that takes place and and you have to you know fly to germany and wake up and do a presentation in the morning or or go to uh you know beyond for a conference or those sorts of things you then there there's also uh dr zeitzer did a study a couple years ago where they showed with a combination of light pulses and cognitive behavioral therapy that they were able to improve the sleep in teenagers that because uh at the high school age um teenagers have a shift to where they they want to stay up later and sleep in later but and and this is uh, I guess you'd call it natural for lack of a better term. This is something that happens, but school starts at the same time. It, it doesn't account for this. And so mm-hmm. they were able to improve uh, the average amount of quality sleep that those teenagers got on a nightly basis. And you have, um, yeah. And so, it, and when B was talking about the athletes, this is really where I, I became interested in, the company and you know B and i've been colleagues and and friends for a long time and i knew what she was doing but uh when i started working with professional athletes that have to race in europe a lot i work with a lot of cyclists Mm -hmm. and track and field athletes and they they'll say train in the u.s but they they have to race and do these international competitions and and those types of things so um we've had really good success using the mask with easing those types of transitions where now uh kind of uh one of the case studies that we like to use is is with a um the current world champion in the 1500 meters a gentleman named josh kerr a couple years ago he had uh, he, so he actually runs for the British Federation. So his sort of world and Olympic trials are held in England, mm-hmm. but he's U.S. based and trains between Seattle and Albuquerque when he's at altitude training. Well, this this particular year, the World Championships were in Eugene, Oregon. He was training in Albuquerque, but he had to qualify by making the English national team in. England and there were only about I think there was like 19 or 20 days between the British trials uh, to make the team and the world championships in Oregon and the whole time we're trying to minimize disruptions in training schedule and optimize his ability it like his time and altitude and those types of things so whereas originally we would have to Say, take someone out of like an altitude, a specific training environment and send, send them to Europe with five, six, seven days to adjust before they race. We are able to shorten that turnaround significantly um, by so, so in Josh's case, he uh, I have to get this right. He he left Albuquerque on Tuesday, um, arrived in England on Wednesday had a shakeout run on Thursday, ran a prelim on Friday, made the team on Saturday, flew home on Sunday, and was back to training in Albuquerque on Monday with very little disruption. And so no. that that sort of example is, is the – that's a really practical – now, not all of us are like you know world-class 1500-meter runners, but we've all experienced periods of time where we knew – Oh, I'm going through these you know multiple time zones in a short period of time, and I mm-hmm. need to be functioning optimally. Um, and and the mask can help with those types of things. And and then, in addition to that, it can kind of keep you on a good schedule with the daily functions. So it's a very malleable uh, multi multi-use sort of device that that it has functionality day in and day out. but then it can also, Um, be this really useful tool for these acute uh, disruptions to keep people kind of functioning.
0: That's super cool. I want to ask two questions. One about, you've talked about these different modules. So it's just one mask, but the software changes the module. Is that correct?
1: Yes. So it's one mask, one software. And then in the software, we started by asking you, what would you like to do with Lumos? And there are several selections. I want to travel, I want to do night shift, or I want help with sleep. If you select, I want help with sleep, then we further triage you by asking what you want to do. That goes back to the target population question. If you're a night owl, or if you have a hard time falling asleep, we have a module for you. Or if you wake up in the middle of the night, this module we just created uh, right before Christmas. So if you can't fall asleep but wake up naturally in the middle of the night for one or two hours, we have a module for you, you can try. And then if you say that I want to stay up late during the weekend, want to get back to Monday schedule, we have a module for you. If you say that I just wake up feeling groggy and then we have a module for you. So we triage people based on what their needs are. And these are just everyday people who experience all these problems, they're not any particular um, population. In fact, that one in third people have a problem with your circadian rhythm. So one in three people have poor house of sleep because their foundation is wacky. So that's why we can come in to help them. And we did that by creating different modules so that we can create tailored individualized light program for them.
0: So you said it helps you it can help you if you need help falling asleep. So like for me personally, I'm a stark contrast to Jeff Cole. So I feel like during the day most of the time I'm like the guy at the circus that's spinning the plates and I'm trying to keep all the plates going and I actually like that. I thrive on that, but then when I try to go to sleep, I'm thinking about this plate and that plate and this plate and it just connects and I, I in my mind it just races so Really, the only way I can just fall asleep really easily is if I exhaust myself with exercise or I take something. And if if I don't do that, then I, I'm i spinning plates and, and then I wake up sleepy because I didn't get enough. But I want one of these things already. Are, yeah. are you guys in the commercialization phase where people can order one?
1: Yes. So we just sold out our first generation product um and now we're working on the second generation where we improved the form factor and then we added some functionality to it the wake up in the middle of the night module is our new freshly added module that people can use if you have a first generation of mask you can still use the heart uh, you can still use the software to get different modules
2: how much does it cost so- and it's
1: sold for three hundred dollars
2: yeah, and that so that the 300 is the mask and the access to the modules.
3: Is there a monthly with that, or how is that structured?
1: So far, there is no monthly. Maybe later when we have better... Um, so we're planning to incorporate other sleep tracking functions and whatnot. So when we have more advanced features, we might want to do subscription on those.
3: Can you speak a little bit about the history of the company, where you've been? I think we're, we're, we're touching on where you're headed. Maybe maybe work into that, uh, your team. You mentioned um, Dr. Zeiss at Stanford, I think was the name. Um, right. People behind the scenes that we're not seeing on screen today.
1: Yes, for sure. I started the company with other co-founders when I was at Stanford. And then um, Dr. Jamie Zeizer was our scientific advisor at that time already so together we translate his lab research into this product that um, is easy portable um, user-friendly so throughout the years at first we started with jet lag because i created the product to solve my own problem i fly back and forth between the us and china and then jet lag was a big problem for me so we started by getting a funding from nasa because Astronauts also have the same problem of circadian clock disruption. So we got funding from NASA, we built prototype and I was the first lab rat using the prototype, go to China. When I landed in China, I immediately functioned like a normal local and I was like, oh, this is great. This is so life-changing. So we did the jet lag module. Then um, we gradually, when the military contacted me so the special operations uh, commands, domain experts contacted me. And then I learned about night shift being a huge need that has the same scientific cause, biological cause. So we started to develop this night shift module. And eventually we expand to de- all these other modules that for daily people can use. That is for the chronic circadian clock disruption. So it's been... Um, it's been several years since the company. And now we have a team that is highly technical where we have engineers, scientists, data scientists, and then we're working with some of the best sleep scientists in the world include Dr. Jamie Zeiser and then a number of um, mathematic mathematicians. They're specialized in circadian rhythm. And we're also working with Dr. Kyle obviously for um, human performance aspect.
3: So AI seems to be finding its way into multiple uh, s- solutions these days. Is there any any data any data sets that you're feeding to a computer to optimize uh, the product?
1: Yeah, we take data from uh, the users and from the our from our product that feed it into our 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 algorithm.
2: But in terms of that, it's it's the actual user data and it's the study data. It's not being generated by uh, there's been no, as far as I understand, uh, B, there's been no, like, uh, development of theoretical models based on feeding our information into AI and getting something, say, larger that then we can feed back into the system, those sorts of things. Is that right?
1: Right, right. It's all based on the actual research.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And then we personalized each program based on users' own data.
2: You know? I have to. Th- this is always the part of, of when we're talking to people about this, this is always the part I have to jump in and say that that B is way too humble in terms of uh, what what it's taken in and, and the journey that's gone along here. I mean, when when we knew each other at USC, she left USC to do a postdoctoral fellowship on individualized uh cancer treatments based on huge genomic sets and that's what she was doing as a postdoc at stanford and somehow that was not stimulating enough for her so she joined a young entrepreneurs group at stanford and this is what they came up with and so in working with this she she you know started with a group um has been has shown like so much perseverance and belief and in the product, but also been able to like step back and objectively demonstrate at each step the, the efficacy of it. And so it, it's really a cool, that part of the story, I think is is very, very cool. Cause she's a cancer molecular biologist that got into this field um, through out of this interest and saw the potential of it. And then through herself used all that scientific training and background to throw herself into this new field. And that type of like academic and intellectual flexibility, I think is just really rare. And And then to teach herself business and startup and grant writing and get to this point, it's very cool to, to, you know, I, I always kind of pinch myself when I'm in these types of environments because we're talking about a very long road that is very, very cool, and it's and it's really neat to see what the product has emerged as.
1: Thank you.
3: One measure might be just how big is the pill industry? You know, just the sleep meds, the Tylenol PM. I mean, how many billions of dollars mm-hmm. for are, sure? Are sold mm-hmm. every year. I mean, I would think that's what you're going to eat into because.
1: Uh, yes, exactly.
3: Would love not to have to take Ambien to go to That's sleep because you, you hear of all the stories of somebody sleeping right through their plane boarding time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's all kinds of uh, issues with with pills.
1: Yeah. So here's a pop quiz. Okay, take a guess. What percentage of Americans admitted that they have used sleep aids in 2020? Take a take a guess. What number? What percentage?
3: Eighty-five percent. I don't know.
1: I right.
0: I guess it would depend on what you call sleep aid, but I'd say
1: 50%. 76%, according to Forbes. Yeah. So
0: it's huge. It's and, a
1: lot of people using and, sleep aids.
0: And Jeff will attest to this. I mean, you spend a third of your life asleep, or you should approximately. Mm-hmm. And it's so important. And I'm I was listening to I think it was a Joe Rogan podcast the other day, and they had a sleep expert one. I, I can't remember the name, but he, he was a medical doctor. And he said, you know how much training I got in medical school about sleep? And and I thought, oh, yeah, I'm saying maybe maybe we had a couple of lectures, maybe two hours out of four years. And wow. uh, yeah, it's crazy, right?
2: It's interesting because my, my background is in nutrition and uh, the and that's how I got into working with athletes and yeah. the. Um, That you could say the same thing about, I mean, nutrition is also like we, we, there's so much interest in nutrition and there's so much good work in nutrition, but we don't teach nutrition to children in elementary school. We don't teach nutrition classes in middle school. We might have one sort of unit in health class in high school. And then in college, you really have to like look for and go out of your right. way. It's not part of general education. Like I mean, it should be right there with history and English and it's writing and, and math. And, and they
0: teach it in medical school either. It's the same as yeah, sleep. It's Probably exactly the right. Most important things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was exactly I was going right. to ask about um, you know since it is so important and we spend a third of our lives doing it. What there's got to be other players in the market. Tell us about your competition.
1: You'd be surprised. So, so many people have sleep problems, but when we talk to them, we talk to our potential customers, 80, 90% of them just resort to very simple sleeping pills, melatonin, coffee, um, marijuana in some of the States. Mm -hmm. So, um, and alcohol, that's a big one too. So that's like 80, 90% of people actually just resort to those stimulants and, um, Sleep, sleep aids, pharmacological sleep aids. So out of the category of light therapy, there's different products. One is uh, in a form of light box. So for example, like Happy Light and Philips also has like a morning light that helps you wake up feeling less rocky. Um, that's, so that's one category. But the problem with them is like, it's very immobile. So you have to sit in front of the light box for several hours in the middle um, in the evening or in the morning to receive a benefit. then the benefits. Then third, the third category is people turn this light, this immobile light into a goggle. So you wear when you're awake and then it emits green light or blue light into your eyes that helps you regulate the circadian rhythm. The user experience isn't great because you have to walk around with like green eyes uh, shining into your eyes as you, Eat breakfast or drive. So um, that's another category. A Third category in the light therapy is apps. So they will help you, they'll give you instruction of, okay, this is the time to get light exposure, but you're on your own to get light exposure. And the most effective way of getting your circadian rhythm regulated is actually when your body is the most sensitive to the stimulation which happen to be at night. So most effective for you to adjust your circadian rhythm is at night, but it's impossible. Well, it's not impossible. It's very infeasible for a user to get up in the middle of the night. Let's say they say, oh, get light exposure at 5 a.m. So the advantage of our system is we have complex algorithm to calculate the light program for you and we deliver it for you. So that you as a user don't have to do anything extra, and that's how we design this product. Is you do you at minimum disruption, minimum burden, minimum change of behavior? You just wear this mask, and then we take care of that during the night without you knowing.
0: B, let us see a better look at that mask, hold it up to the camera and turn okay, it around. You so gotta... this
1: is like the Gen 2 prototype.
0: Uh-huh. Can we see the back of that?
1: So there is a light module inside the mask. It's mm-hmm. removable, so you can wash the cover. And then the light module has like a rechargeable battery. Mm-hmm. It has the light controlling module that delivers the light program.
0: Is that like a gel foam in, in the mask? What is that material?
1: And this is a very soft foam mm-hmm. that contorts uh, towards your face.
3: Is it a one-size-fits-all? Is there any modification necessary for interpupillary distance or...
1: Hi, that's a great question. Good question. So yeah. we have adjustable straps that it conforms to different head sizes, um, but we design it as to fit most people's interpupillary distance.
2: And because it's it's light, it doesn't have to be exact. It's not it it it's not required to be like exactly lined yeah. up with the center like of the eye or anything
1: yeah. like that. Right, yeah, not like so. a laser exactly.
0: So so I got a question, uh, Jeff, maybe. Pertain to you too? I don't know, but I had a birthday recently and overindulged a little bit. And I didn't feel well the next morning. Too, too much alcohol. How would this device, or would it affect that? Say, would it help help you to avoid a hangover?
2: No, <laughs> I would just say no. Okay,
3: what too yeah. good what, to be true? Okay, what the is there?
2: <laughs> well, what is what's interesting about that? Like, say that's a Friday, or say that's a Saturday night, and you know you have to go to work on Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, it 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 again, It's it's hard to say because we haven't studied it, and we're yeah. probably too careful about saying stuff we haven't studied. But okay. theoretically, yeah. uh, theoretically, it would help you by Monday potentially um, mm. because you know, alcohol is just wreaks havoc on sleep. Yep. And, uh, if, if at least you were activating, uh, those neurons and, and kind of priming the circadian system to get tired at the right time on Sunday, uh, you may have a fighting chance to have a good night's sleep on Sunday and be ready to go on Monday. But it's, uh, it's all, it's one of those things that, uh, it, that's a difficult uh, story to investigate. You know, that's a tough one to get past the IRB. I
3: got uh, you. <laughs> so So, Dr. B, I understand you just came back from the CES show. Can you can you talk about that and how does that tie into your um, what you see as your sales channels? And you're primarily going to be internet based sales, which I, I feel like this thing could fly on the internet.
1: Yes, so I just came back from CES. Um, The National Sleep Foundation is so generous that they offer a booth for us. So we and a number of, uh, and three, four other companies were part of their Sleep Tech Award. So we're award winners and finalists of their 2023 Sleep Tech Award. So the National Sleep Foundation had a booth at CES and then They want to create the sleep ecosystem to showcase different products that could help people sleep by using different mechanisms. And we are one of them. So we're there. And then we talked to a lot of people who are interested in understanding how they can sleep better. So I explained the relationship between sleep and circadian rhythm to people, which I think the... That's why I come up with this foundation analogy because that's eventually like what people get. And then, um, yeah, I think for the sales channel, we are currently selling on our website. And then um, we might plan to get onto Amazon, but in the future, but not right now. Um, we're also looking to partner with other distribution channels and then other health and wellness brand so as far as I can see, the sleep products should really work together so that you can have temperature control, you can have like noise cancellation, and you can have circadian rhythm adjustment so that a user has a toolkit that they can use to respond to different factors that are affecting their sleep. So creating an ecosystem. So partnering with other brands of health and partnering with other health and wellness brand um, to do this together is one of the paths to move forward. And then because of Dr. Kyle's connection in this professional sports team, we're also thinking of using uh, influencer marketing. So everybody look up to the influencers that they admire that has the most health fitness lifestyle, so thinking of using for our product.
0: Let me ask this because this is something that would be interested to our listeners. You know, I'm involved in a lot of these startups, and the area where I see the most failure is the the, the large scale commercialization. It doesn't seem to be very difficult for a entrepreneur to have an idea and execute it to the point of uh initial product, but I see failure in commercialization. What is your plan for that?
1: Exactly. So that's what we call like chasm of death, that you have the initial uh, adopter, but then going large scale commercialization, it takes time. And then sometimes companies died on the way of getting there. Mm -hmm. So for us, we want to using what Chinese people said, it's like walking on two legs. So one leg is our direct to consumer sales. The advantage is we can reach people easily. And then the gen- revenue generation is fast and we can work with people to refine our product because you know who you're working with and you can get feedback pretty easily. For example, we send out uh, user surveys to our users and asking their feedback and then 89% of people rate rated as effective that, but they have a number of feedback on say, the comfort of the mask which it led to our second generation of product. So DTC, direct to consumer, that's one leg but in the meantime, we also have organizations that have interest in their employees performing better and sleep, sleeping mm-hmm. better. For example, the military and then the transportation industry, um, the professional sports, mm-hmm. so all these, and, and healthcare. So they want their employees to sleep better. And we have received interest from, say, the Army, the Special Operations Command, and then the um, the State Department. So they all want to have their people perform better. And that's the relationship, these kind of B2B relationship. Mm -hmm. a long time to develop, but once you're in, you're in. Right. So we are, while we do D2C, we um, develop this B2B or B2G partnerships or Mm -hmm. relationships so that when the time comes, when we refine the product with the direct-to-consumer sales, and then we're able to kick start the process of getting into the B2B cells and B2G cells.
0: And when a company can say, Hey, we're uh we're supplying these things to DOD, DARPA, these big performance professional athlete programs, that's an endorsement in itself, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. So the government has a funding program to support small businesses, and then they want to give you money because they want to buy your product. Eventually, they're giving you money Mm -hmm. to do the product development so that you refine your product in this ladder that is called technology readiness level. So Mm -hmm. TRLs, Mm -hmm. we got multiple government grants, government funding, to climb up the step, stairs of TRL, we're, out, we're now at TRL 6. Total, there's nine. So once you reach nine, that's when the government wants to think that your product is mature enough that they want to do a large scale acquisition. That's so we, super
0: cool. I will want to talk with you offline about the grants because I'm in the process of helping one of our other startups write one through the SBR. I guess it's SBIR. Yes. NIH and uh that's what you guys went through I'm assuming because that's yes. that's where it comes from yeah uh,
1: yeah definitely cool. highly recommended super valuable program yeah you use government funding for R&D and then you use private funding for commercialization
0: yeah and I, I don't I didn't even know that this kind of money was available but it's just sitting there for entrepreneurs to use and they it's like you said they want to give it to you, you just got to go through the process which can be arduous um But that's definitely something the other entrepreneurs would want to hear. It's available. Right. And funny, you're not in Tennessee, but Jeff Kolonov talked as well. Tennessee has their own little here's a pile of money. If anybody's doing business is super cool. This is really awesome. Do do you know? I mean, Jeff talked about this a little bit. We're going to replace pills. Maybe this seems like a staggering possible total addressable market. And do you have you guys forecast like what the potential total market could be for this?
1: global sleep aid market in 2021 was $65 billion, and it was estimated to be rapidly grow to $118 billion by 2030. So sleep is a huge market.
3: Yeah. If is there an chat. effect of all of the, the screen time that people have? Does, does that mm-hmm. have a negative effect on sleep? I mean, it's, it's a light source. I mean, does that...
1: Yes, yeah, so especially before bed. It's not only the light, but also the content that you know causes emotional arousal, Mm -hmm. um, similar to talking to a friend or having an argument. So all of these combined um, cause difficulty falling asleep.
2: Yeah, and this is this is something we we see in the athletes. The mask can have an impact on its own, but when you place it in a sleep hygiene routine and an ecosystem that where you have the right temperature, uh, you have the right environment, you, and you have the right, uh, you know, have daily habits or hygiene, really it's, it's, it's more than habits, hygiene where you in, yeah, avoiding that screen time for a certain amount of time uh, using breathing exercises and relaxation techniques, those will, those will play with the physiology that the mask Mm -hmm. kind of sets, I guess, for lack of a better term, or, Mm -hmm. or, you know, you're putting those things on a rhythm and the body typically responds well to that. But screens are a big part. I mean, artificial light's a big part. This is a new, um, you know, relatively new in human existence. And uh, we, we know that it, Um, light, light pollution, uh, artificial light, and then especially screens, uh, uh, that can impact this. Definitely.
3: It sounds like most of the funding came, uh, through grants, but have you had other raises and what is, what is intended as you commercialize? Do you you have an open raise? Are you planning one?
1: Yeah, we first got a grant from NASA and then we raised a small private funding round for, um, 1.1 1.1 million dollars and then after that most of the funding came from the government SBIR grant that I was talking about and we got um, about three or four two or three million dollars total from the SBIR grant. Were and those now,
0: non-dilutive grants be?
1: Yes it's sweet non-diluted that's we right for product development and now the product development is finished we're ready for commercialization so we're raising actively raising $1.2 million to help this commercialization effort.
0: Well, it sounds like you're, all you really need the money for would be marketing and to fill purchase orders then, because the product's done, right?
1: There are some other improvement. There's always room for improvement, mm-hmm. and I have better ideas uh, more ideas to make this product better and create other product lines. So eventually, we don't want to be a h- company that has one hardware product.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So. Our goal is to create this comprehensive toolkit for the users to use that include different things, and then we're also thinking of getting uh, partnering with other brands so we can have affiliate uh, programs with like revenue source. So eventually, I want to create a ecosystem for people to optimize their circadian rhythm and get better sleep and better performance.
0: Well, guys, I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, If I want to summarize this, or if I can summarize this here, Lumos uses light pulse technology that regulates circadian rhythm, improving sleep for shift workers, travelers with jet lag, and anyone that wants to get healthy sleep. say that right? Yes. Hey. Sounds great. That's the Merge Medical Podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Dr. Jeff Brown, with my co-host, Dr. Jeff Cole.